Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braden. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Falls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man. It's a slow time for the SEC, Shane, but I do have a fun topic to to hit on here. But it's not slow for all of college football because it sounds like the ACC may implode and the SEC may <laughs> grab about all their good football teams. You know what? That's the rumors, man. That's a, I mean, I'm on there. I, I see Brett tweeting. You know, they're they're close. <laughs> not allowed to talk to anybody. They're on some deserted island right now. You know, <laughs> discussing the 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 grim future of the ACC and you know the rumors. That's that's what happens, Mike. You know, uh, during these transition, everybody seems like they want to grab a few of the teams and. And I'm hearing a lot of different people, you know, it's kind of funny. It's, you know, you think there's some obvious answers of who we'd want to pull into the SEC, but, you know, you, you see some others talking about more demographics and, uh, and locations. And right. I don't know, Mike, it, it's, it's a, it's a weird time. Something's definitely going to happen here, but uh, I am curious in your opinion, do you think it immediately impacts the SEC? No, I, I honestly, I think this is just speculation and hype and people like to throw, I mean, college football fans, Shane, they're like, uh, Jojo, the little Indian boy, when there's expansion <laughs> talk, that's, that's all they can get it. You know, they just want to, he- well, then I get all excited. I'm like, Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new yeah, pet. They get excited about it. But, um, I recently had a, a conversation on another show and, and really Shane, at the end of the day. When you think of college football expansion, I mean, this is so layered. I can go many different ways here. But can you think of a single team that has jumped from one Power Five conference to another that it has really benefited them? And, you know, you look at Nebraska, it's killed them. Missouri, I think getting cut off from Texas, that pipeline, I think that's kind of hurt them. Uh, I, the only one I could come up with is A&M. You know, I th- I do think they got elevated leaving the Big Twelve for the SEC, but even that, the the momentum they got right away, I don't I won't say it all went away, but it's just yeah. you know status quo. And, and the two best examples that uh, the guy I was on with, he said, well Utah and TCU, but they jumped from the lower level to the power level. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it really helps anybody, Shane. And and uh, I'm hearing behind the scenes the the only one that the, the SEC really covets, and this I bet you won't even. I'll let you guess first, Shane. Of, of all the ACC teams, and and there are some good football programs there. What which program do you think the SEC covets if they could get one from the ACC? And I I'll just I'll give you a little mm. hint. I I don't think you'll. It's not the first one that'll come to your mind. I don't believe. Well, see, naturally, I'm going a different route just because you know I like these kind of games. It's like clearly you're thinking Clemson, maybe Florida State, but the 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 stuff I'm seeing, it's like Virginia Tech. You know, so I don't know if I was guessing. I think uh, to help the SEC, maybe. Uh, 
I don't know, maybe North Carolina. I'm, I'm thinking other sports, basketball, you know, a you know state what, Jay, we don't have. They're right about you. You're smarter than you look. It's, it is North Carolina. Oh, okay. Breaking into a new state that the, the Big Ten and the SEC doesn't have a foothold in. Uh, the SEC network, not that that's a huge deal, but it is located in Charlotte, and there's no SEC uh, footprint there. Imagine, Shane, if the Big Ten gobbled up North Carolina and the SEC offices is in Big Ten country. We'd have to move that thing out of Charlotte the next day, you know what I mean? But th- that's the one I hear is kind of coveted by those by the, the SEC and a Big Ten if there was a move. But but here's the, the, the deal, Shane. This is all fun to talk about, but – there's a thing called the grant of rights deal and that locks in these ACC schools to where even if they could get out Shane they yeah. owe something like 120 million dollars to leave the ACC and because of that contract they are not legally allowed to be showcased on television if they leave the ACC so Imagine if the SEC takes North Carolina and they play Alabama week one and that game cannot be televised. There's no value in these programs right. as long as that exists, and that exists till 2036. So th- that is the speculation. They're trying to get out of this deal, but uh, I-, I have no knowledge of what, how realistic that is, but I-, I don't believe it is very realistic. Otherwise, I think it would have already been done. Well, just devil's advocate here, Mike, if if that did happen, if they did find a little loophole, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Just, I was going to come up with something funny. Like but a technicality that, or something? Yeah, like, okay, so Mike, let's say they did find a clause here and they were able to get out of this contract and it end, and it terminates immediately and there's mm-hmm. no restrictions. I, I'm just thinking – craziest scenario happened obviously there's a lot of conferences and i would think big 10 would be in in the conversation i i know they just added the california teams but potentially adding a florida team or a carolina team i i I would think that would be very beneficial for that conference so it's almost like we would need to play some sort of defense there uh to to keep that you know, I mean, you, you, I mean, hell, Mike, you look at the, you look at the NFL draft. How many kids are coming out of the Southeast? You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and you don't want Big Ten. They're already coming down here poaching as it is, but right. it seems like almost a defensive move would be required. Do you see any scenario where, where SEC grabs a few just to keep them away from uh, the, the Big Ten conference? Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head, Shane. I mean, the only move that the SEC made it would be a defensive move to to keep yeah. uh, a Florida State, a Miami, a Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia Tech away from the Big Ten because that that would be the only realistic way, in my opinion, that the Big Ten could kind of chip away at the SEC's dominance. But even then, Shane, yeah, I mean, we the, we we all think of the SEC. Of course, it's number one in, in every metric recruiting championships, NFL draft picks. We ain't even talking, brother, Texas and Oklahoma, which is two of the top 12 programs in the country. Throw them to the mix. You could take baby Florida State, Clemson, (laughs) North Carolina. You could take all those and and all the garbage ones too, Shane, NC State and and Virginia and all the – Maryland. Well, I think Maryland's already jumped the ship. But (laughs) you take all those garbage teams and put them in the Big Ten, it still will not stack up to the 16 that the SEC is going to have a year from now. So 
I ain't I ain't scared, Shane. I ain't scared, but I, I think you are on to something there. You you don't want the Big Ten in your backyard, uh, you know, trying to, to make their way because that is the main advantage, in my opinion, that the SEC has is just that fertile recruiting ground that, that Ohio State and Michigan can come down here and get try to get yeah. as many guys as they can. But at the end of the day, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee – uh, on and on and on is is going to win out more of those recruiting battles than those northern schools. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Yankees up there and their cold weather. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to play in the snow. Come down here where it's sunny every day. <laughs> yeah, you come come to our spring game. Help us uh, shovel the snow from the stand before we Absolutely. play this game. You know what? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's all it is, Mike. They they get them recruits up there on those warm sunny days. You know, it's like oh, we got inclement weather. Let's cancel that visit. You know, we don't want to show it off just yet. So, no, I'm I'm with you, Mike. I, I guess you know you always talk me off the ledge in these scenarios because I always think worst case scenario but um yeah I, it's it's just i don't know i don't know if we've settled at 16 it's almost it, it feels like 20 is going to be the number for some reason in my head that there's going to be three power conferences at 20 20 teams and mm-hmm. and pretty much that's what college football is going to look like in the future and and i don't know how close that is or if i'm even on the right path but you know expansion was the talk and it, and it feels like we Man, we landed two of the best. Like you said, Texas and Oklahoma, that's not even in the mix. The millions and millions of dollars, the just the revenue that these teams make compared to these other conferences, even like you said, if they add a – uh, a couple of these ACC teams, I think we're still in good shape there, and and it's not it's not your papal's SEC either. You know, everybody yeah. knows the SEC. Every kid in California knows Alabama. They know Georgia. They know these you know these SEC programs, and and it's not like you have to convince them that it's a a, a different world. They know what is the path to the NFL, and and sometimes the easiest path is just joining the SEC. Hmm. And, and you know, one thing to consider, we're not even in this discussion really, but the ultimate wild card, in my opinion, is Notre Dame. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the love card say yeah? yeah. And not that, uh, you know, we respect mm-hmm. them like we do hardly <laughs> any of the SEC programs, but they would add tremendous history and value and, and cachet to, to So, like, um, if Notre Dame called up Greg Sankey tomorrow and said, Hey, we want to come to the SEC. They'd be in tomorrow. You know what I mean? So yeah. that that is also one. And if you are going to add them, you to your point, you're not going to have 17. You'll probably no. try to get to 18, maybe to 20, like you said. Would you drop anybody? No. I, I mean, I, the SEC is pretty firm on that. They're not going to. Yeah. I mean, there may they come are. a time, but at, at this point in time, they've they've not even given Tell that any, any consideration. I mean. Tell <laughs> it to Sewanee. Those, those right. they left. They left the SEC. Whereas yeah. Vanderbilt's a founding member, you know that's no, the know. that's I the just... one everybody points a finger at. But the SEC is pretty that. firm on that. Yeah. I was talking about Missouri, but no, I'm just kidding, Missouri. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Well, I like give them a hard that's time. That's gonna be in dimensions tomorrow. All right, <laughs> hey, you got big orange walks coming up, Shane. That's that's always always a sign that the the se- sorry to remind you that the season yeah. is just around the corner. Well, another one, Shane. We just got here on Tuesday. I wanted I just wanted to bring this to you and the audience's attention because I know this will fire you up. We only got two of these, and uh, they have a, they've said in two weeks we'll have the first full three weeks 
schedules for every SEC team, but we got nice. two games, Shane, for the first two weeks. This just gets me fired up talking about it, Shane. LSU versus Florida State, Sunday, September 13th. This is, of course, in Orlando. We knew it was going to be nationally televised, but it's it's yeah. official. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on ABC opening week one. Not technically week zero, but week one of the season. And then how about this bad boy, Shane? Game we're all excited to talk about. Texas at Alabama, week yeah. two of the season. Saturday, September 9th, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central on ESPN. Oh, a night game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, once, once we get these kickoffs and, and game coverage announced, that's when you really know the season is just around the corner. You know what? Dude, there won't be nothing else on my TV, you know? just That's what I love about some of those night games. You're always, you're always a little leery. Uh, so CBS doesn't officially kick in until what week is it that they they step in and start taking the 3.30 slot? I believe that'll be the uh, the third week of the season oh, yeah. uh, because there's no conference games. And sometimes they gobble up a non-conference showdown. But, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be – Looking at the schedules here, I mean, there's there's not a lot to pick from the first couple of weeks, right? So, it'll it'll probably be, uh, you know, Tennessee, Florida is always a popular yeah. one. I believe uh, South Carolina at Georgia, they like to showcase the reigning national champions. So I think it'll be probably one of those two. Yeah, and I think you pick game days first two first two showdowns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. These are going to be awesome. They're going to be night games, and they really are going to kind of catapult the sec and uh damn i'm looking forward to it brother because it's not far away i I keep joking with the the 100 days walk i mean it's crazy how quick that calendar bleeds down you know what i'm saying and and once you're within that you start getting double digits and man it's just it's it's here before you know it and talking about schedules and timing and stuff people are planning trips mike you know this is the information (laughs) they need to get their hotels ready and get their tailgate ready so uh i'm excited for college definitely college football season these two games especially yep all right Shane. so it's show topic for this episode just going to focus on the sec east so we can go on a little bit of a deep dive on all these teams we'll get to the west on the next episode DraftKings has officially put out the over-under win totals and odds. That's critical, Shay. not just the, the number, but the over-under odds for each of these. I'm going to provide those to you in the audience, and then I'll give you the ones I like the most and the ones I like the least, and then we'll cap it off. DraftKings also, Shane, has Heisman Trophy odds for yeah. a number of SEC players. Again, we're just going to focus on SEC East players, and then I'll pick the ones that I like for the best odds to win the Heisman Trophy from the SEC East. Does all all that make sense? Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, so we're just going alphabetical order here, Shane. Florida, over under, five and a half win total. Now, again, the critical part here is, is the over and under odds. Over, minus 105 under minus 115 so basically what that means Shane you'll cash in more if you bet on the under so you're saying five and seven or worse for the Florida Gators they they want you to take that over they want you to to say over 
for the Florida Gators, but uh, but not by much. I mean, these are minus yeah. 105 and minus 115 are, are basically the same. So they are they are right there at five and a half for the Florida Gators. Um, and would you, should we go down the schedule, Shane, to, or, or should we do yeah, that at the end? I, I think. Well, yeah, I think. I think so. I think the listeners need to. I mean, five. This is almost. This is almost embarrassing, Mike. I, I mean, we're talking about the Florida Gators here. Mm-hmm. You know, not projected to even make a bowl game. I, I think that's alarming. And and before we go into the schedule, if this comes to fruition, and and obviously five and five, you know, five point five is not going to happen. But let's just say the under did happen. Mm-hmm. You know, is do you keep? Do you keep Billy here? I mean, I mean that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Two years in a row, very disappointing seasons, and and I know it takes a while to build something at that university, but you know, not making bowl games that that in a place like the swamp that that warms up a seat really quick. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you ain't lying, brother. And <laughs> Billy Napier's got a pretty big buyout. I mean, I think it really just depends, Shane. I mean, if they're getting yeah. I mean, the record losing five and seven is bad enough. But if if you lose by fifty points to Georgia, um, you know, if you lose at LSU by forty points, if Tennessee beats you by thirty, you know, if, that that's what kills you. Yeah. As a coach, if you if you lose to Georgia by three, you lose at LSU by seven. I mean, not that the fans are going to be happy, but it's like you can see something's building there. You know what I mean? So I yeah. I think that you know how do you look against Florida State? Do they embarrass you? In the swamp, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying any of that's going to happen. But these, I think, are the are the things that we've got to factor in before uh, before we kick old Billy out the door yeah. before he gets yeah. to two that's, seasons. You know, I mean, because rec- they're killing it in recruiting. I just yeah. don't know if they got a quarterback. They do have one committed, but obviously that doesn't help for this season. No, is is he the hottest seat in the East right now? I think I so. I think Eli Eli's got to be close. I think it's a you know I'm not saying drink should is I'm not saying either one of them are going to get fired. I'm just you know five point five is alarming when I'm looking at the Florida Gators. That's 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 I guess my knee jerk reaction is well fire them. Let's get somebody in here can win. You know, right. but you know is there? I mean, you're talking pressure. Is that the the hottest? Is that the the toughest gig right now in the East? Well, perhaps, but you know, when we talk about Missouri, Shane, what is it the same thing we say over and over and over is this early portion and we'll get to Missouri in a second, but their schedule right out the gate is very manageable. Yeah. If they go like 2 and 3 out the gate, I mean, drink may not survive the season. You know what I mean? Cuz yeah. we're sitting here yeah. saying they may be 6 and 0, oh, 5 and 1. You know what I mean? So Right. I think that that it'll be dictated the first month of the season, but just let them play, Shane. Let them play. I got you. <laughs> yeah, well, we got plenty of time to revisit this topic. I got you. All right. So let, let's run down Florida's schedule real quick before uh, we're moving on to Georgia. But, again, open the season on a Thursday at Utah. Very tricky mm-hmm. game. Uh, and, and, again, shout out to uh, Kelly Ford. We had him on the podcast last episode, Shane. He says Florida Gators, according to his metrics, toughest schedule in the entire country. So keep that in the back of your mind. McNeese State at home, Tennessee at home, Charlotte at home, at Kentucky, Vanderbilt at home, at South Carolina, 
Georgia and Jacksonville, home for Arkansas, at LSU, at Missouri, and Florida State at home. So some very winnable games in there, but not many layups, if you ask me. A lot of a lot of 50-50 games that uh, they certainly can win, particularly if they, they take a big step forward under Billy Napier. But um, I don't know. It's, it's tough to forecast right now where I'm sitting. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's – I think you hit the nail on the head, Mike. It's it's a couple of coin tosses in there, and they're going to have to get a couple of them. They can't they can't afford to lose them all. That's for sure, and and they can't afford to drop one of them. I think I think this is one of those, you know, and that's been kind of the knock here lately is is Florida and them close games, not being able to close them out and get the victory. So that's going to have to that's going to have to change that that story that narrative has got to change down there in Gainesville they're going to have to win these close games um because I, I man that is a tough schedule the more you look at it and I, I I love the the stretch at home right there but you know you got Tennessee and you know Charlotte hell I don't know I haven't researched Charlotte but that seems like a team you can't you can't just pencil in anymore you know what I'm saying it's one of those right, that just right. pops up but but man, yeah, they got a they got a tough road ahead of them. The challenge, in my opinion, Shane. Remember, last year, middle of the year, they were they were starting to heat up, and then mm-hmm. the end was a dud. So that could certainly happen again. I mean, it's not totally unrealistic that they beat Tennessee at home, that they win at Kentucky, that they beat Vanderbilt at home, even though they mm-hmm. they lost to all three of those last year. But again, the, the end of the season is pretty treacherous with. Road trips to South Carolina, Georgia and Jacksonville, at LSU, at Missouri. You can't even overlook that because that's been a highly competitive right. back-and-forth series. Florida State, we'll see how good they really are. But, man, that, that back half, I mean, every every game's a 50-50. Well, not, you can't even say that because Georgia and at LSU, not, not that you can't win those, but I'd say less than yeah, 50%. Be. You know? Yeah, they, that, that, that will be at least a two-score – you know, favorite, I would imagine, by that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you here, Mike. The the schedule, the timing, none of it's pretty, but neither is five and a half, man. I, I mean, I still I, – I, I'm confident. I don't know about you. I don't know if we're doing our pro- projections here. You know, we're, we'll get we'll get to each team individually, you know, later this season, but i still going to go the over. I just don't see a scenario where the Florida Gators don't make a bowl game this year. And I know it's a tough schedule, but – I think they pull a couple of these 50s, 50s out, man. I just mm-hmm. – I'm going to go the over. I think the narrative is to pile on the swamp right now. Um, and I just – I think it's – I think that's fool's gold. So, I don't know about you, Mike, but um, I'm pretty confident we're going to go over here. All right, how about Georgia, Shane? DraftKings sets the over-under at 11.5. But, again, the critical component here is over plus 125, under minus 145 so what that is saying Shane is they really want you to bet the under the the under not there's not good odds on that the the odds are with the plus 125 so you'd have to be predicting that Georgia goes undefeated and again this is just regular season you can't count the SEC championship you can't count the bowl games when you're considering these over under odds so let's look at uh, Georgia's schedule here See if we can find a single loss. <laughs> getting tougher and tougher to do these days. But uh, oh, them bulldogs uh, are in cloud nine, ain't they? Yeah, UT Martin at home, uh-huh. Ball State at home, 
South Carolina at home, UAB at home, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Vanderbilt, which is really a home game, Florida in Jacksonville, of course, Missouri at home, Ole Miss at home, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech. So really what you're – I mean, basically what you're betting on, Shane, is will there be a game where Georgia fails to show up or has yeah. five turnovers and the other team doesn't have any? You know what, you know what I mean? It's, right. I, it's That's a tough, tough bet to make. I mean, basically, again, you're, it, it boils down, does Georgia lose a game this year? Um, I mean, the one that stands out is the Tennessee matchup, but – you know, it did last year, and then we, we, you know, we, we Tennessee got their ass smoked down there. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I, and I don't think I want to ever put money against the Georgia Bulldogs right now. In fact, this was one of my favorite bets last year was taking the over on Georgia, and I, I think you're gonna have to roll with it again here. I mean, they don't have LSU, they don't have Alabama, they don't have Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these teams that could sneak up and and bite you. Tennessee is just going to be, I mean, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky. These there's you're not overlooking them. Kirby Smart is not overlooking these programs. I think the the Mizzou scare was just enough last year to to set reality that you can't come in ill prepared to any of these games. So. Uh no, blood's in the water and I, I'm going I'm going over on Georgia. It's Shane going over on everybody. But uh you know, the the Bulldogs third string would win all these non conference <laughs> games, you know what? Yeah. I know, man. I mean, don't get me wrong, I hope Tennessee beats them, you know. I, I'd love to see I'd love to see the Florida Georgia game come down to a score and, and maybe an upset, you know. That, that's the crazy thing is is, you know, in years past, that's what happens. You know, how many times have we said, oh, yeah, Alabama's going to win the West, Alabama's going to win the SEC, and then they drop a game along the way. So, mm-hmm. does can Georgia just keep winning? Maybe. I don't know. But you're you're asking kids that, to, that weren't starters last year, we're just automatically assuming they're going to be great, you know, that they're just going to keep repeating and – I don't know. Maybe you do take the under. What's was the under again here? I don't know. Now you're talking me back into it. Just one loss. That's all you're looking for here, Mike. Right, Does Georgia right. lose a game? Does Georgia lose a game in your opinion? We'll get we'll get to that in a minute, Shane. I'll I'll give you mine here. Okay. Right. Kentucky, six and a half. Interesting line in my opinion. But again, critical to understand the over under odds. Over minus one forty five under plus 125 so what that means is they really want you to take the over there's there's not good odds on taking the under so six and a half is the projected win total for the Kentucky Wildcats according to DraftKings let's run down their schedule Shane Ball State at home Eastern Kentucky at home Akron at home my god this is a Mark Stoops special here (laughs) Why we always talk about Georgia's schedule? We don't talk about Kentucky's. At Vanderbilt. All three of those are at noon, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have got the Can whole Can we put Saturday. them on at like 8 a.m.? <laughs> they should just do a back-to-back at one of these, you know, just double up on it like baseball. <laughs> Since the fans got there, you know what I'm saying? Save your gas money. Let's go ahead and whoop Eastern Kentucky's ass while we're here. <laughs> At Vanderbilt, first SEC game, revenge game for the for Wildcats. Mm-hmm. 
Florida at home, critically important, could be the one that defines the season. At Georgia, Missouri at home, Tennessee at home, at Mississippi State, Alabama at home, that should be a big one, at South Carolina, and at Louisville to round out the regular season. So, again, six and a half is the number. They want you to go over because the the odds are not great. Minus 145, the the value's at under. But uh, given that schedule, given what we know about Kentucky, Shane, I don't think there's any way short of disaster that they go under. So uh, this is a heavy over for me. Yeah, I was, I was I was waiting for it over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this thing's over. But I mean, I, I really do think they pick up a lot of momentum coming into that Georgia matchup. You know that you can't mark Florida. That Florida Kentucky game is always a fun game. It's always a tight game. But you know, I think Kentucky can even afford to drop a couple games that maybe they're slight favorites in or fifty fifty. Not saying they're going to, but. Even with this, this six and a half, yeah, I'm going to go over here with Kentucky. Right, because, I mean, they should dominate the non-conference. Yeah. All they got to do is three and five in the SEC. I mean, oh, they, yeah. you know, that, that that should be fairly easy. Louisville just be icing on the cake, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about Missouri? It's also six and a half, Shane, for the Tigers. But, again, the overs plus 120 and the under is minus 140 so they actually are wanting you to take the under for another six and six year for drink which that would not make those fans happy but again the path to seven looks very realistic for the Missouri Tigers South Dakota at home that's the opener Middle Tennessee at home Kansas State at home Memphis, but in St. Louis, so that'll be a home game. At Vanderbilt, right there. I mean, you should be 5-0, and which yeah. means two more and you're at, you hit the over. LSU at home, at Kentucky, South Carolina at home, at Georgia, Tennessee at home, Florida at home, and at Arkansas. That's a tough end, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. You go, I mean, back to back to back, there's – you know, I'm I'm pretty confident that Mizzou's going to be. I think they're going to be moving great here. It's it's these stupid teams that pop up, like the Memphis. You know, games they've lost in the years past. You know, a team mm-hmm. that they shouldn't lose to. Next thing you know, you're staring at you know early fourth quarter, and it's it's a possession. It shouldn't be like that. That Kansas State's going to be a tough game, but I'm looking at some of these others. I, I think they should be favorites early and often. Uh, but when that schedule does tighten up, they ain't got to win them all, but there's a couple of games in there, 50-50, that they just got to get one, you know, maybe mm-hmm. one and a half, maybe two, you know. Um, I like the over, man. I think people are sleeping on Mizzou. Um, I joked about it earlier, them leaving the league. I don't, I don't think they should leave, Mike, because I think they're going to create a lot of havoc in the East. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going over big time here. All right, how about six, South Carolina, also six and a half. That surprised a lot of people. Our friend Kelly Ford says five and a half. That was an high opener. <laughs> the over, minus 105. The under, minus 115. So this is sim- very similar to Florida. Six and a half, no real favorite one way or the other. So this is a tricky one. 
And according to Kelly, Shane, who again, who we had on yesterday, South Carolina's got the number two most difficult schedule in the country. Right out the gate, North Carolina in Charlotte. Future SEC showdown here. <laughs> Just kidding. Furman at home. At Georgia. Mississippi State at home. At Tennessee. Florida at home. At Missouri. At Texas A&M. Jacksonville State at home. Vanderbilt at home. Kentucky at home. And Clemson at home. So mm-hmm. a, a nice Home slate there to cap the season, but uh, man, this this is a backbreaker. This th- th- yeah, this similar, like you said about Missouri. Of course, you know Shane Beamer. They they win games you don't expect them to, but they drop yeah. games you don't expect them to. So it's very hot, tough to gauge when you're sitting here saying, "Well, just about every other week we got uh, a team that could beat us on the schedule." You know yeah. what? Well, that's the that's the thing, man. Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. It, which Rattler shows up? You know, is it the one that we saw at the tail end of the season, or is it the mm-hmm. one we start saw at the start of the season? And if and if and if the season goes bad, do those does the wheels fall off again? Are we looking at a, a a Florida game that that you know you're getting your bell rung, or right. or is this the South Carolina team that's just going to steamroll teams in the East? I'm so. I'm so back and forth. It's one of the scariest programs for me to gamble on is South Carolina because it, it feels to me, Mike, that either we're all being duped into c- being convinced that South Carolina is a great team or we're going to be, you know, or there's just going to be naysayers that are completely proven wrong like the Tennessee game and the Clemson game. And then we're looking back saying, damn, Spencer is a top five draft pick, you know? So it's like, right. I just don't know which way to go here, man. Yeah. And hey, credit South Carolina fans, Shane, because they're some of the best. They're, they're, they're a lot like a lot of these SEC fan bases, Shane. When you win, they love you. When you yeah. drop one, by God. What the hell are you doing? We got to fire something. I mean, we went through two years yeah. of we got to fire the offensive coordinator, and, and thankfully they didn't fire him. He left, but same deal here. Um, again, you look at that first part of the schedule, North Carolina at Georgia, Mississippi State at home, at Tennessee. I'm not saying they're going to lose all those games because that's crazy, but yeah. those are all losable games. That's, that's the point. And uh, if yeah. they come out of there and they're – I, I don't know, one and three, or even two and two, I mean, I think some fans are going to be mad as hell. <laughs> and you basically <laughs> got to win out to to capture, uh, you know. There's a reason. Beamer comes out here, and, and I love it. I love the fact he wears his emotions on his sleeve because he cares. Some of these coaches, yeah. Shane, the moment they get a, a job offer, they're gone. I don't think Shane Beamer's yeah. that way. But – you see it in these press conferences, man. He gets emotional. He gets down when the, when they lose. He he's on cloud nine when they win. He is a fan. So, uh, but he has come out, and I I don't want to say attack the fans, but you know, choose joy, doom and gloom. I mean, trust me, he feels it from this fan base when they are mad yeah. at him. It, it, it's just a roller coaster of emotions. And again, with this gauntlet of a schedule. Mm-hmm. You, you bet. Just better be prepared to handle it because if a rough start, yeah. you know, if the start of the season is rough, I don't know if these fans are going to uh, let that go. You know what I mean? No, no, and and that's one thing. I, I I'm glad you said that, Mike, because you even see it when he's talking to the media. 
you know, he is a very emotional coach, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's why the players love it is is the fact that he's fully invested, and, mm-hmm. and he wears his emotions on the sleeve, you know. But but when the wheels fall off and the fingers start getting pointed, you know, I mean, just like last year, you know, everybody was blaming the OC and OC, and then it eventually it felt like it came to a head, and he just said, you know, enough, you know. He right. ain't going nowhere. So right. it, it just – I don't know. Sometimes, like you said, it's a snowball effect. If it's if all things are good, it's going to be great. But what happens if you come out here September 2nd and – Lose to North Carolina because I guarantee you, poll the audience, there's not a Gamecock fan thinks that they're going to lose to North Carolina. But if they do, what happens? You know, because the schedule doesn't get easier. You know, the South Carolina's got the toughest schedule in, in I would say, in the country. I mean, it's it's brutal, brother. And and when I'm looking at some of these landmines, it, the, the concern I have is what if we're wrong about Florida? What if they're better than we think? What if we're wrong about Mizzou? They're better than we think. Then all of a sudden, those games that you just penciled in as an easy W become a tough-fought battle. So mm-hmm. that's that's another thing that, that worries me about South Carolina. But I say all that to say this, Mike. Six and a half? Come on. Give me the over. <laughs> <laughs> well, what other way to look at this? And This is just, you know, I'm trying to look at it matter-of-factly. They snap streaks against Kentucky. Yeah. Against Tennessee, against AM, and against Clemson. All those mm-hmm. programs have had their way with South Carolina in recent seasons. They did all that, Shane. They broke all those streaks and they still lost five games. Because yeah. that is the gauntlet that they have to go through year in and year out. So I'm, the pressure to keep those streaks alive, I think. I think it's pretty massive on the Gamecocks if they're going to continue that. You can't be losing to those teams if you're going to continue to climb up the SEC right. ladder. That's a, that's the a key, Mike. You're building – are you building something, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, are, are you a one-hit wonder? I think mm-hmm. that's that's what a lot of people are waiting to see. And, and uh, you know, I think they've got they've got some dudes, man. they got one of the best quarterbacks, you know. I, I saw it firsthand, you know. If people that didn't watch that Tennessee <laughs> I mean, it – it, like I still have nightmares, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. you know that's in him. That's that's on that team, and and if they can harness that and, and just keep roll, riding that roller coaster, brother, they're gonna easily sweep through six and a half games easily. But yep. you know, a very emotional team. What happens if the wheels fall off? That's that's my concern. So it all it starts early. It cranks up early. I, I'm telling you that North Carolina game is bigger than you think. Um, I, I think it just it, it sends this program in a certain direction. So they have got to come out here and hit it early. Well, speaking of a one hit wonder, Shane Tennessee Vols. Just kidding. Whoa, you, you see what I did geez. there? <laughs> Jeez, not segue there, Mike. <laughs> Tennessee Vols, how about this, Shane? Nine and a half over under. It's, it's even higher than I thought it would be. The over plus 130. So that's where they want you to they, they want you to go under with a minus 150. So uh, under nine and a half is the favorite. But, uh, you know, that, that over, I think, is perhaps – Something you could you could bank on as well. So let's go down Tennessee's schedule here, Shane. Virginia in Nashville. That's a season opener. Austin P at home at Florida. UTSA at home. South Carolina at home. Texas A&M at home. At Alabama. At Kentucky. UConn at home. At Missouri. 
Georgia at home, and Vanderbilt at home. So if you're hitting the overshade, I think what you're assuming is, you know, maybe they lose to Georgia and Alabama, but they win the rest. Yeah. Or they pull an upset in one of those games. And and who knows? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an upset either way, Shane. In Tuscaloosa or back-to-back national champions, even though it is in Neyland Stadium, either one of those would be an upset. Not saying it, it can't happen because it was an upset last year. When they beat Alabama, it was an upset when they beat LSU. It was an upset when they beat Pitt. It was an upset. I mean, they had a lot of upsets. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying they can't get it done. But uh, where would you lean nine and a half over on the over under on the Vols considering uh, the the action is with the under according to DraftKings? Mike, I've I've been hurt so many damn years as a volunteer fan. I I try to – refrain from gambling on them you know <laughs> i don't i in fact in our darkest days i would even sometimes bet that we would lose so then when we did lose it didn't hurt as bad you know mike i don't know if you've ever been there but that was my my concepts to that that got me through the early uh late 2000s there duly times but at any rate mike I, I, this is a tough one man nine and a half is a tough tough one i, I could see nine because then you're like, okay, if they lose to Texas A&M or they lose to Kentucky or they lose to South Carolina you know, or a Florida or one of these teams that pops up, because I think that's exactly what you're looking at. You're, they're assuming Georgia's going to beat them. They're assuming Alabama's going to beat them. And then they're assuming that Tennessee is just going to run the board. And the problem is we always drop that one game, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina was that game last year. Um, that mm-hmm. the, I, I – I, you know we were we were fortunate enough to get Alabama, but you know this isn't this is a streak that's went on for a long, long time, and, and to assume that we're just going to do it back to back that's that's a tall order. It's not like we got Hooker back, you know. It's not like we got Hyatt back. I, we we lost a lot of pieces. That offensive line is is reshuffled. Um, so of course I'm going to go over, but. I just think, man, that is a tough one to put some money on, Mike, because I'm just afraid that Tennessee's going to drop one that, you know, they're going to be a favorite in. It just depends on how good Milton is and, mm-hmm. and, and how well he takes it. But this is a line that could I could see easily shifting, you know, before kickoff. Well, let me ask you this, Shane, and, and I know this is not what you're shooting for. You're always shooting for – 15 and 0 national championship and and ride or die with the Vols. But if they mm-hmm. were to go 9 and 3, meaning they would most likely have a winning record in conference play, 5 and you know that's that's much easier said than done considering you got to catch Alabama and this year you're catching yeah. A&M as well. Uh if they were to go 9 and 3 and win their bowl game and win 10 games. Mhm. I don't think you'd be sad by that. Do you see what I'm saying? Or, or would you? Well, I get, that's my question. Would you be happy? Not not as happy as you could be because this, yeah. this could be a playoff team for all I know. But, um, I mean, I, I can't imagine after the last decade of Tennessee football, you're sitting here saying, Two decades, Damn Mike, it, we, you know? we went 10-3. and three. This is this yeah. is BS, you know? Mike, and, and I, I was one of those guys, you know, when, when Fulmer was kind of drifting a little bit and – we drop a few games that we shouldn't, and then we're sitting there at a ten and two or a nine and three, and 
We're like, gotta get his ass out of there. We're not gonna <laughs> win another national championship, you know. And then you're watching Derek Dooley sitting on a stool on the sideline, or <laughs> you know what I'm saying, or Lane Kiffin leading to, to freaking California as we burn sofas. It's like I want those ten wins, man. You know, the I used to think Georgia, same scenario with Mark Rick. They're like just never good enough, you know. It's like we're close, but we're just not close enough, and. And, but when you drift, man, and you're in 20 years of just turmoil, it's like you, you appreciate nine, you appreciate 10. I think that's why it was so emotional last year for us because we were there and, and yes, we lost to Georgia, but we didn't get our asses demolished. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't a 40 point game. There's, there's a lot of those that those Butch Jones years, we, we considered ourselves a good team and then freaking, you know, Saban just lit into us. We we were clearly not close. It feels like we're 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 getting closer. We feel like that gap's getting closer, which you know, so when I'm looking at nine and a half, would we be t- disappointed? I think there's a few ball fans that'd be disappointed in nine wins, not me, because you know, it could be worse. We right. could be not making a bowl game, but yeah, you naturally you want to see some improvement uh, from last season, and and that's just a tall that's a tall glass of water, man. Because Milton's not Hendon Hooker, and I think of some of those games last year, like uh, like Pitt, um, Mizzou. You know, I, I, Mizzou didn't look like it was close, but it, it got a little close there for yeah. a little bit. But there were some of those games that. Uh, Florida, especially that mm-hmm. he took over, and and can Milton do that? You know, do do we need him to do that? Is there enough talent on defense now to to keep us in all these games where it doesn't have to be a complete shootout? So, I don't know. There's a lot of factors. I think Tennessee has improved overall, so that's why I'm I'm leaning toward the over here. I f- I feel like they they complete business, but. Maybe they do beat an Alabama. Maybe they drop one at Texas A&M, but they beat, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. you make all these scenarios. So, um, I think we're there. But then again, I've been hurt before, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I've been hurt before. So, I, I just – that's why I'm still not putting any money on them. Yep. What, the, what, is it, what does Vegas want you to do? They want you to take the over? They want you to take the under on Tennessee. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Vegas usually ain't wrong, man. <laughs> all right final team here shane vanderbilt over under three and a half Again, over oh yeah, the over <laughs> the odds minus 145 the under plus 125 so they are wanting you to take the over uh but just looking at their schedule i mean hell they may they may get to four they may get hit the over before conference play mm-hmm. hawaii at home alabama a&m at home at wake forest at UNLV, Kentucky at home, which they beat last year. Missouri at home, they nearly beat them on the road. At Florida, they did beat them. Georgia at home, at Ole Miss, Auburn at home, at South Carolina, and at Tennessee. This may be the easiest over on the board. Yeah, yeah I, I, I people just – no respect for Vanderbilt. I'm telling you what, buddy, they've got him a hell of a quarterback – and you're looking at those first four games alone. I mean, if we sit here long enough and drink enough beers, Mike, I can convince you they're going to win all four of them. So, yeah, give me the over here on Vandy. <laughs> so these are the ones, Shade, of all everyone we just went over, the ones I like the most. I love these oh, okay. overs. Missouri, over six and a half with the odds plus 120. So that Vegas is asking you to go under. They think Missouri mm-hmm. – 
can't get to that seven win mark. I think they could get to seven. They may even be able to get to eight, particularly considering that opening. I mean, I think they're going to be five and zero. Oh. So yeah, again, you, you're just going to need two out of the final seven to hit that over. Give me Missouri in the over. That's my favorite one. Kentucky six and a half. I also like the over, even though the odds are, are minus one forty five. So they want you to take the over here, but mm-hmm. this is one of my stone cold locks here. I think Kentucky is going to be much better than people are giving them credit for Vanderbilt. We just hit it over three and a half. Again, same odds minus one forty five. One under though, Shane, Georgia eleven and a half. And again, I don't know which one it'll be, and I probably I'm not putting my mortgage on it. But I just see one slip up somewhere, something crazy. Yeah. This is college football, man. I mean, even yeah. like you said, we sit here and talk up Alabama, and then they they drop a couple games. You know what I mean? Like right. it's gonna happen somewhere, maybe. <laughs> so give me the <laughs> under with Georgia eleven and a half. They could still win the East. Could still win the SEC. Could still win the national championship. They don't give you a national championship, Shane, for going undefeated in a regular season. They give it to you for winning the college football playoff, which which Georgia will still get into if they have just one yeah. regular season loss. Yeah, I'm with you here. So your your best bet was Mizzou, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and and Vanderbilt, right? You had Vanderbilt up there too. All going over. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you here. I like it. Now, how about the uh, – we got some Heisman odds here, Shane. Not many, but we got just a couple from these SEC East guys. I'm just going to run down the list here of the odds that DraftKings gives for players out of the SEC East. And this was interesting, Shane. The best odds, according to DraftKings, Carson Beck, who's not even hmm. been named the starting quarterback, but <laughs> likely will be any day now, 20-1 yeah. to 1, Georgia's quarterback. Also, but that that does tie him. I should have said that. She tied ties him with Joe Milton, twenty to one odds to oh, win gosh. the Heisman Trophy. How about this, Shane? How loaded is Georgia? Brock Vandergriff, thirty five to one, the third best <laughs> odds in the East, and he's the the backup quarterback essentially. The water it, boy's on here somewhere, ain't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spencer Rattler, Shane, sixty to one. So Brock Vandergriff's got better odds than Spencer Rattler. That's wild to me. Great. Devin Leary, the Kentucky quarterback, eighty to one. Brock Bowers, a hundred to one. Georgia's All American tight end. God, this has got to hurt Mizzou, Mizzou fans, Shane. Dominic Lovett, the transfer, a hundred and fifty to one to win. The Heisman. And then last but not least here, Graham Mertz, Florida quarterback, 200 to 1. So my best bets, Shane, among those, Devin Leary, 80 to 1. I'm going to keep hyping up this guy till you see him in his uh, blue and white uniform here. But, uh, man, I love Devin Leary's game. And, again, I'm not sitting here saying he is a lock for the Heisman. But at 80 to 1, if I had 100 bucks to spend – that's that's where I'm putting it. Devin Leary, I think he'll do big things yeah. at Kentucky. Uh, I, I actually have Brock Bowers, Shane, as my second best bet. I, I realize tight end, very hard for a tight end to win it, but he plays running mm-hmm. back. He plays all over the field. 100 to 1. Give me Brock Bowers. I even put Spencer Rattler third on my list, 60 to 1. Give me Carson Beck, 20 to 1 after that. Those, those are my best bets for the Heisman out of the East. What are your thoughts on those? 
Yeah, just remember that is the East. A lot of people freaking out. There's no West opponent. <laughs> you haven't even mentioned KJ Jefferson. <laughs> like, eh, we'll get I there. We'll hear get it there. right now. Remember, this is just the East. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can make an argument there. I like Devin Leary just because I, I think the opportunity when you, when you're looking at winning a Heisman for some reason it's not just the best player it's mm-hmm. it's where'd you go you know did you make an SEC championship did you make it close to it or did you are you in talk for the college football playoffs I think that's what you're going to have the thing I love about Leary is is the schedule I think you know there's a couple pivotal games Alabama you know Georgia you're going to have your opportunities to have that Heisman moment so, um, yeah, that one – I mean, you could argue Spencer Rattler. I think he should be a little bit higher, especially than, than Brock Vandergriff. And, uh, but I think it's going to boil down to those two top dudes, man, Beck and Milton. You know, Milton's going to have a shit ton of stats. And mm-hmm. if all goes well, you know, it's going to be – I mean, there was an argument last year with Hooker, you know, and, and he even lost – you know, the last game and a half didn't get to play. So what happens if Milton stays healthy? And, you know, I mean, it's a stat thing, but it's going to require some big wins. It's going to have a win over Georgia, a win over Alabama, something like that. So Mm -hmm. Carson Beck, that's just an easy one, man. That's a layup. That's just, hey, most likely what's going to happen here. Georgia wins an SEC champion, wins a national championship, and that may be on the, the, the back of Carson Beck. So, um, if I'm betting, Mike, I'm going to go back just because I like Ooh. easy money. Um, <laughs> I, I still, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're yeah. asking for a lot of things, miracles to happen for Milton, miracles to happen for Rattler. I mean, that tough, tough schedule, Leary the same. It's like if Beck just shows up, you know what I'm saying? I think this is going to be more of a, I think there's going to be more passing involved with Georgia this year than, than years past. I mean, Kid's got a hell of an arm on him. They got a lot of talent around him. It's going to be tough for any opponent to slow down the Bulldogs. And um, I just think Beck's just an easy bet, you know, because these high, high – I mean, that's one thing they showed us last year, Mike. They're not really paying attention. You know, they just take the best player from the best team and they cast their vote. Mm-hmm. You know, they're voting this stuff in September and there's still <laughs> football games left and it drives me nuts. So, uh, because of that, until they – clean up how the Heisman selected uh give me back here Mm. all right brother well hey that was quite the deep dive on the SEC East we'll get to the SEC West on the next episode you got anything before we hop off the line no I got me a I just did a row of fig newtons before I got on here man I'm telling you I'm spiraling (laughs) you know what I'm saying you know that uh that little doctor that comes on uh those I can't remember his name. Uh, you, you, you've seen them shows, and fat people come in there, and they're like, he's like, you got to stop eating carb shame. You know, it's <laughs> like, I can just see him right now just shaking his head. Don't worry, the big big orange walks kick off here in two days, so I, I'll be I'll be ready to I roll. think it's one day. Uh, oh, yeah, this well, this comes out on the 17th. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Or one day closer. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I don't either, Siri. You know, <laughs> she said my, my my heart rate just kicked up a notch. No, no, 
<laughs> no, I, I'm ready. I, no, dude, seriously, I am. I'm ready. It's 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 to that point. I can't wait. Uh, I got family getting involved. I, I I will say this, brother. A lot of support online. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, you know, I, I, hell, y'all. Are, I know I didn't do it last year. I know I didn't finish. <laughs> There's been some funny comments about that, Mike. I mean, we got bourbon bets from Todd up in Kentucky <laughs> that I ain't going to hit 30-something, you know. I mean, it's the, the coming out, I get that, you know. But there's a lot of folks there said, you could do it, man. You could you could do this. And, and uh, family's with me, and and uh, we're going to do it, man. We're going to do it. 100 days. I'm going to feel better. Uh, the, the show's improve when i'm when i'm you know clearly thinking and and uh and healthy so mike I, i'm gearing up for sec media day so um brother that's all i got i'm just gonna get off here and finish my fig newtons i guess <laughs> i said all the healthy stuff no i'm just kidding i'm not yeah well we all got jokes about it shane but just know we're all pulling for you to complete those hundred days leading up to SEC football, can't wait to see your face when you finally cross that finish line for the hundredth time. But yeah. that's going to do it, brother, for this episode of the show. Appreciate you as always. Appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go balls. Get it. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.